So Revelation 4, 4, it's got a lot of details, so I'm going to read it a little slow, and for those who may want to just listen with their eyes closed, um, truthfully, I know you won't be sleeping then, but uh, you can listen with your eyes closed, you can listen with your eyes open, but I'm just going to read it slower this morning. Revelation 4. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, And the voice I had first heard speaking to me, like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once, I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. And also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne, there were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings, and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever. Then the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Over the past several weeks and months, I don't know if you've recognized, I've recognized how many biblical passages are about sight and seeing. Even on Tuesday, we had a funeral service here for for Wade. And we focus on 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. You see, it is important to see, and our sight is important, but we also have to understand that we do not always see correctly. I myself am very aware of that. In September, I actually had a vitrectomy surgery on my left eye, which is removing floaters that impaired my vision. So I had difficult vision before, and now it removed the floaters. At the same time, they did cataract surgery and gave me this perfectly 
great lens, and the surgery went great. And if I cover my right eye, I can see, well, the left side, and you guys are looking great. <laughs> right side, too. But about a month ago, I had the same procedure done on my right eye. It did not turn out as well. The results weren't the same. I'm dealing with that, and please keep praying for that as well. But if I cover my left eye, and I look out, all I see is a blur of people that are squished this way and this way. And I can't see what I see with my left eye. My reality out of my left eye is clearly being able to see people. But my reality out of my right eye is distorted. But keep in mind, hear me out, nonetheless, that is still my reality. You see, the right eye, the reality out of my right eye is completely different than the reality out of my left eye. And yet both are still real. Now, I need to choose to focus on what is real and the reality using my left eye. Because if I use my right eye and focus with that, I know that's not the way it's supposed to be. You see, so often things are not always as they seem. Each of us look at the world from our own perspective as well. And whatever we see, we, de de we deem our perspective to be the reality. But we're reminded as well that our reality could very well and probably is distorted. Our distortion could be impacted by our upbringing. Our distortion could be impacted by our personalities, whether you're stubborn or easygoing. Our distortion could be impacted by our physical health or mental health. Our distortion could be impacted by our spiritual health. Daryl Johnson, theology professor and author on a book of Revelation, which is titled Discipleship on the Edge, he includes a quote that states, quote, Through the eyes of our minds, you and I look at our reality, ourselves, other people, life, the world, God. However, we all see things differently. Your vision of reality is not mine, and conversely, mine is not yours. Both our visions are limited and inadequate, but not to the same extent. We both have distorted and misinterpreted reality, but in different ways. End quote. When it comes to life, family, vocation, church, and this list goes on, I think the first common ground that we must agree upon is that we don't see things the same. Most of us have different realities. And it's not that one is necessarily wrong and one is necessary, necessarily correct. I mean, sometimes that is the case, but not always. We simply see things differently. So I would say, well, let's not argue over different realities. In Revelation 4, John had a perspective of the world that he lived in. And he was shown another perspective in this chapter. For John, heaven is not necessarily this other dimension, but heaven can be on earth. And how can we bring heaven on earth? 
We pray it in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's a little background. John, author of Revelation, is a senior citizen. He's about 80 years old. And he's prisoned on the island of Patmos. And he sees something. And what he sees is right there before him. As he says, it's before me. And there was this door standing open into heaven. And what he sees is perhaps the future reality of what heaven will look like. But perhaps that is what he is supposed to see right now. Reality now. I think we've heard the phrase before that sometimes people are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. When that phrase is used, it means that people are thinking so far ahead about the eternity and everything eternal matters and nothing earthly matters. But what John is really saying is that we are called to be so heavenly minded as long as that heaven that we are talking about is also right now present here on this earth. And the book of Revelation is pointing us. It's pointing us to the hope that we can have. But also that hope that will impact our daily lives today. Our realities today. The book of Revelation is not only about the future. But as Johnson's, as Daryl Johnson's titles his book, Discipleship on the Edge. It's about how that future That future hope will impact our daily living today. How that hope will impact our reality today. So as we are seeing this passage from a future perspective, what is God teaching us in this current reality today? During the time, uh, during this time rather, the uh, Roman Empire was persecuting Christians. Emperor Nero was already feeding Christians to the lions. Peter and Paul had been crucified decades earlier. And now, some decades later, Paul is imprisoned, as I mentioned, on the island of Patmos. More than 40,000 Christians have been killed under the new emperor Domitian. These are first and second generation Christians. They were entering into this so new and with excitement, and then boom, they're dead because they profess the Lord. These were terrible and tragic times. But this is the reality of a Christian who professed their faith as their, in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And these times would have appeared hopeless. Many believers went to their death professing Jesus. And it's likely other believers questioned, is there really a God? And does he listen to our prayers? Even today, our eyes were not seeing persecution like they did here in our Western world. But our eyes may be seeing the injustices in this world. Homelessness, poverty, disease, persecution. Our eyes may only be seeing the natural disasters of hurricanes, fires, earthquakes, again we hear in the news, and tsunamis. Our eyes might be seeing untimely deaths, murders, mental illness, physical illness, broken and distorted relationships. And these are all the realities And these realities will impact each of us. They'll impact our spiritual reality. And we may not see all that we are supposed to see. And don't get me wrong, these are all important issues. And they are realities in our lives. But we cannot look with distorted eyes. 
because there is more to see. Revelation 4, John is seeing the throne. And if our eyes are seeing a different reality, we may miss the throne. The throne is repeated several times in this passage, so let's not miss this important reality. And on this throne, we read in verse 2, someone is sitting on it. The throne indicates ruling and kingship, and the throne is not vacant. It's not an empty throne. Years earlier, Paul wrote in Philippians 2, 9-11, through 11, Therefore God exalted Him, Jesus, to the highest place, and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And people are doing this, and they're dying. They're being killed. But John says, keep your eye on the throne. Verse 3, that encircling the throne is a rainbow. And a rainbow expresses and symbolizes God's promises to His people. That His promises do not fail. Even though the world seems so messed up. And then surrounding the throne in verse 24, is 24 other thrones. And these thrones are not empty as well, but they are filled with 24 elders who are worshiping the one on the throne. And these elders, as we read, were dressed in white and and had crowns of gold on their heads. And it's not completely certain what is meant by the elders, but they are subordinate to the king, and they're likely heavenly messengers, or likely angels. And as we go on, we see in verse 5 from this throne that there's lightning and thunder that's that's going around this throne. And this is pointing to God's work of creation, that He has control over nature. Recall perhaps the story in Mark 4, verse 41, where, where the disciples are out in the boat and Jesus is with them and then a storm suddenly comes up and they're scared out of their wits. And Jesus calms the storm while he and his disciples are in the boat. And his disciples say, oh, even the wind and the waves obey him. And in front of the throne is verse 6. And there's seven lamps representing seven churches that just received letters. We are reminded that seven means complete, means fully complete. And seven spirits, again, if seven spirits, it's to be referred to the complete, fully, one Holy Spirit. And the seven churches, of course, could be talking about the seven letters in the seven churches of Revelation, but it also could mean the one holy, Catholic, universal church. And around the throne were four living creatures, and as strange as these creatures may be described, they were worshiping as well the one on the throne. And again, You can look at this as creation, worshiping the Creator God. All of creation leads us to worship. Psalm 66, 1-4, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing to glory of His name. Make His praise glorious. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praises of your name. You ever think that maybe when there's a strong windstorm that's going on, maybe it's the trees and the plants just bending down and bowing down to the king. And the four living creatures, these creatures are singing out, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then the elders get back into the activity and, and they fall down before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. You see, the throne and the one who is on the throne is a big deal. 
You see, the earthly thrones, they may have some impact in today's earthly decisions. I mean, the speeches and actions of Trudeau and Trump and Johnson or even Kim Jong-un might say or, or they do have an impact on the world. But it's not these earthly thrones that will make a difference in the world eternally. What God says through His Word will have an impact on the future course of nations. The one on the throne in heaven will have the greatest impact eternally and even today. Out of today's chapter, the one thing, the most important thing that we must understand is that God is in charge. And we're given an invitation to respond, an invitation to worship. Revelation 4 points us to how worship will be in heaven, but then we're to bring this heaven down to earth today. Revelation 4 provides us hope in the, of the celebration and worship that will be and that we do not have to wait for. The king is on the throne today. And we can worship him today. So that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. What is our reality today? I think it's cool how this Christmas tree came together with the 12 symbols of Christmas. And you can look at some of these things as pagan things or things that we started with a a secular culture. But yet, God can redeem and restore all that was maybe pagan and secular, to what is sacred. With our reality, we can see all these symbols of Christmas pointing us to Jesus. So what is our reality? Again, the world is broken and hurting. The world is still sinful. But the world is not without our King. Our King who sits on the throne. Our King who is still in control. In a world that might be looking out from a distorted eye and only seeing that that it might be out of control, the angels make us look through the correct eye and see a world that God has in His hands. He's got the whole world in His hands. And though the wrongs seem off so strong, He is the ruler yet. And there are times that the eyes we see with are distorted and things appear so hopeless But Revelation 4 this morning again challenges us to look with a different set of eyes, to look to the throne, to listen to the angels who are teaching us to worship Him, to adore Him, to look to the throne and fall down on our knees. We need this chapter from Revelation 4. We need to see that God is in control and things are not chaos. God has our salvation planned out for His people. Now, it's not always easy, especially with the circumstances that each person may face from day to day. It wasn't easy for those who were being killed as Christians centuries ago. But God remains on the throne. And we worship God, and we glorify God, and we bring praise to Him who is worthy. And Jesus is worthy because He is obedient. He is obedient to His Father. Jesus went to the cross and He suffered and He died. And Jesus is worthy because He took all our sins upon Him. He is the Lamb that was sacrificed for all the sins of God's people. 
And we'll hear more about the Lamb next week in Revelation 5. Advent is a season. It's a season of preparation. And not only to prepare our hearts to celebrate the first coming of Jesus, but also to prepare our hearts to celebrate and anticipate the second coming of Jesus. The throne means that despite any circumstances occurring, even when those circumstances are real and impacting in our daily lives, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can change the fact that God is in control of this world. Because God's not just a king on a throne in heaven. He is a king on this throne on earth. And the throne is not vacant. There is somebody sitting on the throne. Have faith. Open our hearts. That we cannot always see things clearly today. But we have hope today. And there will come a time that we will worship the beautiful one on the throne. And there is time now that we are to worship the beautiful one on the throne. You see, this is not only how it will be. This is how it should be. Amen. Let's pray. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy are you to receive glory and honor and praise. And you are Father, Creator, Spirit, your Savior. And we thank you that you are on the throne, reigning the heavens and the earth. And when there are times that our sight is distorted, may your angels turn our eyes to see the throne and the one who sits on the throne. May your angels point us to focus our attention on Jesus and worship him and adore him. And may your spirit give us faith when our eyes are not always seen properly. Hear our praises and work in us through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' worthy and powerful name we pray. Amen.